When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jay King from The Athletic. He is Brian B. Rob Rob from MassLive.com. I am Jam Packard, and together we are Still Potable! This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book and the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media. You can go to uh, Patreon.com slash Still Potable. We are the best daily Boston Celtics podcast. Uh, and we are there on Patreon giving you amazing content Monday through Friday. We are coming to you on just a wild, wild day of NBA news. Not all of it really Celtics-related, but it's definitely Celtics-adjacent as teams at the top of the Eastern Conference are making moves. The biggest move, the most shocking move, I was uh, I dumbfounded, guffawed, when I saw this uh, notification pop up on my Twitter the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin uh, about 45 games into the season. He had a uh, 70% winning percentage. Uh, just a kind of shocking move that I didn't see coming. Rumors are that Doc Rivers, old friend Doc Rivers, might be coming in to replace him, but that has not been confirmed yet. Jay King live from South Beach, where he's there to cover the Celtics playing the Heat on Thursday night. What was your reaction to this Bucks firing of their coach Adrian Griffin? I mean, I was shocked just because of the timing of it. I believe forty-three games into his coaching tenure, and I mean, record-wise, a very successful tenure. But the rumblings from there. And, and by that, I mean, what Giannis was saying after games in post game <laughs> press conference, let you know that there were things wrong and that they didn't believe in Adrian Griffin and that they, the players there, or at least the most important player there did not think he had a cohesive plan to, especially on defense I, I believe one of the quotes Giannis had was like, 
what are we taking away? <laughs> what are we <laughs> do doing? Do we know what we're supposed to be? Do we know what we're supposed to do on the defensive end of the court? And and that kind of lets you know something was really wrong because Giannis doesn't normally do stuff like that. The Doc Rivers piece is really interesting because like I'm I'm not I want to put this delicately. Um uh, you don't believe I'm not in convinced. Doc Rivers as a playoff coach. I'm not convinced I'm not convinced he's an elite level coach, but I do know that he can come in and command some respect and at least sort of get the locker room together. It's such a weird situation though. Sounds like such a weird situation where Adrian Griffin in his first year, all of a sudden he has to deal with Doc Rivers as a consultant to the head coach, knowing that Doc Rivers won't be out of coaching for long, knowing that Doc Rivers is probably looking for another head coaching job himself. Wait, that Doc was just was a bizarre situation. This whole time? Just like phone yeah, him up and like, like watch the him last month or so, he, he served as a consultant for Adrian Griffin, which kind of seems like a dirty a little stab in the back move dirty from, from Doc, Doc Rivers. And and maybe he didn't know that it would end up with him taking the job, but if he does take the job, it looks pretty suspect on on his end. But yeah, it's uh, I mean, just just kind of a a huge undertaking for the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the three best teams in the Eastern Conference, to go through, you know, at the midpoint of the season. Yeah, and I mean, it it's shades of what it's like. David Blatt's really the only comparable situation, right? With the Cavs back in, but he was in his second year, right? Yes, you're right. He got he got them to the finals that first year. In yeah, but in, in that first year, LeBron was like uh, scratching out his ATO plays and writing his own. Like there wasn't a high level of respect here. It felt like uh, Griffin was uh, he at least had to be approved by Giannis initially. I guess was the defense that bad, B Rob? I mean, was it the Terry Stotts thing? What do you think was going on there? Yeah, there are there are all sorts of red flags, but the Stotts was certainly the big one. Like that was supposed to be his top assistant. And so for a guy like that who obviously is well respected around the league to just back away from it before the season even started, be like, you know what? Um, this isn't working for whatever reason. And whatever that was, um, we may never know, but that certainly wasn't good. And then we saw it firsthand in Boston in that first matchup, like Giannis like kind of like pretty much saying no to subbing himself out of the game and that sort of stuff we just never saw from Giannis with under coach bud. And so that is that when you factor that in with the, the, the quotes that Jay talked about, there just seem to be all sorts of things going on, but by all accounts, like um, I believe it was, I'm not sure if it was Mark Stein. Someone there's reporting today that's saying like Griffin got the job because Giannis didn't want Nick nurse initially this summer. And so that was a way to kind of, you know, he pushed for Griffin instead, but I guess this kind of tells you like, well, you probably shouldn't like, go with just the coach that your star wants because he might decide in two months later that he just doesn't want him if you don't he doesn't know him well and that's but, seemingly what happened in this but at game. least at least when things go wrong you can say this is a guy you want you want it whereas if, right, if they true. had gone yeah. with nick nurse instead and things had gone wrong they would have had nowhere to hide they would have had nothing to to say to Giannis. the uh the terry stats thing oh. In retrospect, the Terry Stotts thing was like a an enormous red flag. You can't the the biggest role of a head coach in the NBA probably beyond all the exes and other stuff is mentalities. There are so many different factors, so many different ways that people are trying to pull you, and you have to be able to 
to manage everybody's ego, to manage everybody's desires, to let to effectively communicate what you want to do and what you need from them. And Terry Stotts leaving shortly after training camp was just like just a kind of a wow wow moment Um, because that that hardly ever happens. I can't remember another situation where the the top assistant just just pieced out because he didn't see eye to eye with the head coach. And and when that guy not only is your top assistant, but also is the person who coached Damian Lillard for years and years and can can be sort of like a a confidant for Damian Lillard and you lose that guy. That that was a very bad sign in retrospect. It's crazy that they moved on from him now, but I kind of respect it because the window there is small. And and if you don't think Adrian Griffin is the coach right now to win a championship, then who knows when they'll get a better chance in this. Chris Middleton has dealt with injuries. He's getting older. Brooke Lopez, what is he, 35? I'm I'm not sure exactly what age he is, but but he's getting older. They won't have many chances with this group to win a championship. And so if you think he's not ready to win a a championship this year, even if you think he's going to end up being a good coach and figuring out everything that's, that's gone wrong so far this year, you just don't have time to waste. But but why bring him in in the first place? Like what first year head coach is going to be ready to be like at the championship level in the first place. It's kind of wild that bucks have the second best offense in the NBA. They're 10th in total net rating. And like this guy's taking all the blame for their terrible roster on defense. Like when Damian Lillard's out there and Wesley Matthews is your, are part of your starting five, you're not going to have a very good defense. And obviously something was wrong there, but it feels like there's some issues here just with pure roster construction. Thanasis is on the team for some reason. No one's talking about that. Uh, It just feels like a lot of blame on one guy for an organizational failure but I guess like that's why uh, you have a scapegoat in in this case. But does this fix anything? Like if they're still going to be starting Damian Lillard and Wesley Matthews, and there's like I don't know if Doc Rivers comes in. I don't know what uh, old reliable Joe Prunty is going to do. Third time interim uh, head coach. If he's going to really like create a lot of changes here, it feels like it's Joe similar. Prunty was born as an interim head coach. <laughs> that that dude, <laughs> he was. He was absolutely meant to be an interim head coach. Never a real head coach, but just forever an interim head coach. And maybe that's the fix that the the Bucks need, but it's just like I th- I don't know if this obviously the Giannis quotes where he's like what do we do? Like where he couldn't articulate what they were trying to do on defense is a bad look for uh Adrian Griffin, but I do think there's like just an inherent roster construction flaw that is just not going to be patched over by bringing in uh joe prunty or doc rivers or you know we bring back budenholzer like i don't know what's gonna what you're gonna do when you still have some less than defenders on in the starting lineup and not a very deep bench because you traded away some of your good pieces uh to get damian lillard it just feels like a a desperate move that we probably don't know have all the information for but well they should be desperate though right I mean, all NBA teams should be desperate. Should be. I don't know if they're, but like, is this going to result but, in the change they that have, they want? Damian Lillard is an older guy. Like that core is just old. And there's not much talent around that core. You have to put them in the best position to win right away. 
And so I see them as a team that should be desperate. And obviously the record is pretty good. But like you said, 10th in net rating, that's not the profile of a contender. That's just not. Like they, they have not played like a team that's going to compete for a championship. And and maybe they could have. Look, I mean, you could take it back two years with the Celtics. Ime Odoka for the first half of season, people would have argued, does this guy know what the fuck he's doing? I don't really know. <laughs> does it, he, he certainly hasn't turned them around. They're playing terrible basketball. And then all of a sudden it clicked. And, and so Adrian Griffin was not afforded that time, but I think the biggest piece is that he clearly was not able to command the respect and build relationships with the people in that organization who matter. And that includes Terry Stotts. That includes Giannis. That probably includes Damian Lillard. Like you have to have good relationships with those guys. And if you can't do that and your team is underperforming or what you think is underperforming and the defense is Swiss cheese and your star players going out and bashing your strategy on that end of the court, then, then you might be in trouble and it's, it's aggressive to do it so early, but, but they, they, they have like, there's serious, serious pressure to win immediately with this team. And that's part of the reason why I think doc rivers might be a good fit. One of the best things he did with the Celtics in 2008 was convinced all those guys we don't have time to wait this is not a window thing like this is not let's let's mesh in the first year win in the second this might be your only opportunity and with that group i feel like there has to be a similar urgency just because of the ages of those guys and and the fact that you're not sure how much longer that core can be super effective together that is fair and uh, is Giannis a diva at this point? I was. I, <laughs> is that a legitimate question we can ask? Where it's like he has the power just to fire a coach in the middle of the season just because he's not getting along with it, or is that the power that we just expect all NBA MVP level players to have? B Rob. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely. This is strictly a decision that was on the the players. I think, and they clearly weren't getting the buy in into Griffin that the decision makers wanted to see. And I think with Giannis's quotes, that tells a story there. You can go online. Bobby Portis, they had that reported blow up after the in-season tournament where he kind of can win that Griffin in the locker room. So when you have enough of those rumblings, I'm sure there were tens of more stories we haven't heard about yet along those lines. But when you're barely beating the likes of the Pistons in a couple straight games, I guess that's enough with this trial that broke the cables back here. But And I guess we'll get to this after the break here. What I want to ask you guys about is just from a Celtics perspective, is this good news or bad news? from a standpoint of like they're, they're this dysfunctional that they had to do this and it's going to be really tough for them to figure things out or do they have, is this a chance for them to kind of rally the troops and figure things out? So the NFL season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get on the action with FanDuel America's number one sports book right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. 
First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. The question was, Jay King, what does this move mean for the Celtics? Rapid fire, quick, good or bad? Uh, probably a toss up. <laughs> look, I gave you two options. Look, I gave you two options. Look, Jay. it's you know it's it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible that Adrian Griffin was never going to figure things out. That he wasn't actually built to be a head coach. That the complaints of Giannis and whoever else there wasn't thrilled with him are real but at bringing on a new coach and having a new coach come in and in the middle of the season overhaul everything is such a tough ask and i know that the cavaliers did it with david blatt and tyloo came in and figured everything out but that team was infinitely more talented than everybody else in the Eastern Conference at at that stage. And you just had to figure out like how to mesh a team that was absolutely the most talented team. I don't, I don't think this Bucks roster is the most talented. They don't have much defensive-minded personnel. They don't have scorers beyond their top three, including Middleton. I guess Lopez, you can throw him in there if, if you want. I don't know if he's really a scorer as much as he has a complimentary piece with three point shooting and occasional post-ups. But to me, it's, it's not a deep roster. The, the guys at the, like Giannis is amazing, but is Lillard still at the level he was even a few years ago? I'm, I'm not sure. Middleton has dealt with injuries. Like there's just a lot wrong with this roster. And so it, it's a huge challenge for whatever coach does come in. If it's doc, if it's whoever else, it's just, there's a lot to figure out there. There's a lot to patch together and a lot of flaws to overcome. Thank you for that quickie snappy answer that I was looking for. Jay B Rob, uh, how do you think this uh, affects the Celtics? If at all, I think it's a very good time for the Celtics to echo what Jay said. Tyloo kind of did it in Cleveland, but he was there. Like he was the right-hand man. In like, and it, I doesn't, I don't think they're going to go with the Prunster to, uh, as a, well, Doc has been the consultant. That's true. Doc be has been at least in the weeds, not on the bench, but certainly uh, perhaps in a Jeff Van Gunny type of role <laughs> beneath the shadows uh, with Milwaukee there. 
uh, at least for the last month. So you're right. Like he maybe he has a little bit more knowledge going into it than than we know about to this point. Um, but yeah, it's it's still it's a brand new team, a lot of new pieces, uh, a flawed roster as a whole. To your point, Packard, like this this is not going to fix that part of it. And maybe they make a move in the next week or two. But I they don't have much assets left to to address their defensive issues there. So I'm very much this is like you know this is a a desperate Bucks team, and that that bodes well for the Celtics. Do either of you guys want to make a quick statement? It's good for the Celtics. It's chaos in Milwaukee. Disaster in Milwaukee, as our friend Scoob is saying in the comments. Good for the Celtics. Now, other Eastern Conference teams are making moves. I think this is a bit more tangible. We have the Miami Heat trading Kyle Lowry in a 2027 first-round pick for old friend Terry Rozier. Uh, will quickly slide in and become the starting point guard for the Miami Heat. Um Personally, uh, this I don't like this because Terry Rozier is cool and the Heat stink and, and Heat culture is obnoxious. But just from a pure X's and O's standpoint, I just think this is a solid move for the Heat. Me and B-Rob talked it, about it a little yesterday. We were just doing some prediction on, on yesterday's episode of Still Potable. But Terry Rozier playing the best basketball of his career. The Heat have always kind of struggled to score in – their half-court offense. And so, Jay, what was your reaction to Scary Terry, Tito Three Sticks, moving to South Beach? It seems like a really important addition for them. Rozier's been playing great basketball. He, I mean, he's averaging like 24 points a game, close to it. He's become a a very good three-point shooter, especially off the dribble. I think he's shooting 45%. I think I saw that on Twitter today. They're shooting 45% on threes off the dribble so far. It's needed more offensive firepower to me. They also, they do a really good job with guards, like smaller perimeter defenders who can just kind of get after you and be point of attack defenders. And they don't necessarily have to be these big physical pieces, but we saw it with um, Kyle Lowry, with Caleb Martin, with Gabe Vincent, like just, just, smaller guys who can get up into you, force you to be uncomfortable, let Spolstra's scheme take care of the rest. And he fits into that mold. He's a tough guy. He really looks beautiful sometimes when he's rebounding the basketball. Just oh, flies for rebounds sometimes. Guy. I like beautiful is the and, right uh, word to describe it. <laughs> just, just, just a beautiful rebounder. But but yeah, I think I think it's a good move for them. I don't think it puts them into like a total different stratosphere, but it plugs some of their holes and they're going to like Lowry's he's been really good for them. And his, his attitude, his, his work ethic, his insistence on always making the right play will be missed. Him being incredibly annoying and just like uh, getting under the skin of every single team he plays against. Exactly. But they needed a a talent upgrade on the offensive end. And so I think Rozier is a good one. Yeah, Lowry had reached the point of his career now where he just wasn't looking to shoot much anymore beyond taking the threes. And that's a team, you know, Jimmy Butler takes them to a different level offensively in the playoffs, but over an 82-game grind, there's, you know, a lot of, with all the injuries they've had, there just hasn't been enough consistency there. They've lost three in a row. Um, I thought the price here for Miami wasn't terrible. I mean, Rozier still got two more years on that deal. Miami is really never bad, so they're just giving giving only giving up one first round pick and 
Lowry's contract, which certainly wasn't worth much at this point, is a you know a, a good net positive for them, and they can still they still have enough stuff to to add there. So they're and the competition to stay out of the playing tournament is very real in the East this year. Like you got you know four or five teams battering for you know four five six seven eight in those slots. So this is a move that helps them kind of helps them keep pace with the next um, talent level there after they made their deals. But yeah, Rosier. I don't know the the juice of the you know the Celtics Heat games are always been fun. Adding Rosier to that mix now is great. Like, and the fact that they he might they might play them in that opening you know on Thursday in his first game, um, I love that because that's just you know a guy that I feel like Celtics fans have always been drawn to, and adding him into the mix there should be a lot of fun. I did see the, a great meme. I'll just do a verbal meme. Tito three sticks because he was Terry Rozier the third. Um, but Celtics fans are much more upset with Terry Rozier going to Miami than they were with Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee. Like there's just much more fear and so many comments and tweets I saw. There's like, it's pretty much guaranteed that Terry Rozier is going to score 35 points in a playoff game against the Boston Celtics. I could see it. He's too cool for school. He, um, and then I saw someone just say like, yeah, except Terry Rozier is like always just a clutch shooter and going to knock down shots. And then I had people tweeting at he missed. He was over 10 from three in that game seven against the Cavs. Um, and they could have used at least one of those. Uh, it really would have been a much closer game. Um, and I think that was on the same night. The the Rockets missed 26 threes in a row as well. Just a wild night of, of game sevens. But I do kind of like the spice of adding Terry Rozier to the rivalry. As much as I hate heat culture and as much as I think Terry Rozier is above heat culture, I think he fits in pretty well with just like the swagger and uh, I, I I don't think this applies to Terry, but I think it applies to the rest of the team. The general douchebaggery of the Miami Heat, uh, I think Terry can fit in uh, quite well there. And I think it's just a, a good mix on and off the court. So I'm looking forward to the matchup on Thursday. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jay, you are live in South Beach. You are maxing, relaxing even. I'll give you dealer's choice of what you want to talk about next. Could be Team USA. It could be Tristan Thompson. Or it could just be your impression of the Celtics as they beat the Mavericks a couple nights ago in Dallas. What's on your brain? Team USA. Derek White is on the list. Big day for Derek White, for the Derek White Hive. (laughs) Drew Holiday also on the list. <laughs> Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown also on the list. But but you kind of expected those guys to be on the list, right? Like they've been involved in the past with Team USA. Derek White 
is on that list too. And uh, he had to earn his way up there. He had to earn his way into, I guess he's been part of it too in the past. He was on Team USA. Was that team, right? With with all no, he was on that team when with, it was Kemba and, yeah. and all those guys. So maybe I shouldn't be. So really, this isn't a story at all. This is just a, a basic announcement of guys who have been there before still being on the team. Terrible pick, Jay. I should have never and left so, you in charge. No, <laughs> we, we already crossed that one off the list. Now we go on to the next one. That's how you pick podcasting categories. All right, what's the next one? Do you want to talk about Tristan Thompson getting suspended for 25 games, or do you want to talk about the Boston Celtics here on this? Are Boston we surprised? Is anyone surprised by Tristan Thompson getting uh, whacked for juicing? No, I he was he was as as I'll say it. He was as useless as useless gets <laughs> for the Celtics, and uh, then then he was on the ESPN panel, and all of a sudden he's playing decent minutes for the Cavs. I will now we know yeah, how he got back. I, I wasn't I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it in the first place. Um so this is not the most shocking. He he would have been on the short list of guys. Like if I had to guess people who might be juicing, Tristan Thompson probably would have been among them. I feel like we when was the last time a guy was caught juicing and getting a suspension like this? I can't even I mean it's, it's obviously happened, but certainly not in a while. But it's, yeah, like he looked like he was done three years ago. Um, and so for him to actually be playing meaningful minutes as he, three years after he could barely move when he was in Boston, like, yeah. It's not Kevin O'Connor had the last laugh after right? all. <laughs> we'll wait for that tweet. He's probably waiting to fire that one out here. But uh, <laughs> don't miss waiting around two hours after games to talk to him, that's for sure. Fender is right in the comments. I think it was DeAndre Ayton who got uh, napped for oh, yeah. games for some sort of illegal substance. But it's all I have. I don't really know how juicing really helps you in the NBA. I guess it helps recovery and weightlifting. But um, there, John Collins too. Apparently, the whole league. John Collins, that's right. We need we need Senate committees to investigate this, like they did with baseball in the nineties. Um, Just that's all I. Can. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Jay, I do, before we got to go, I do want to hear, you were in Dallas. You saw Tim Hardaway Jr. get very upset when they showed uh, Luka Doncic falling on the Jumbotron. I want to hear that story, uh, plus just your thoughts being there. Courtside, Dallas media has like the best courtside seats in all of uh, the NBA, so you got a pretty good look at the Celtics in that game. Any, any stories or takeaways from Dallas that we missed? Yeah, the uh, the jumbotron thing was funny because so Jalen drops Doncic with the crossover and hits the bucket, and a, a short while later they show it on the jumbotron. And I think Markeith Morris was the first Mavericks player to get pissed off, and and he yelled something, and then Tim Hardaway got more pissed off and and really pissed off, and. I believe he looked over at the scorer's table. But I don't know if the Jumbotron operators were even at the scorer's table. Or not the but he table. looked over toward the scorer's table and walked over toward the scorer's table and told them not to show that shit. Then asked them, are we are we the home team? Are we on the fucking road? Um, and just kind of kept going at it for a little while. He, he was really hot. And I get it. <laughs> you don't want them to show highlights of the, the wrong team. But I think... I, I want to believe that whoever made that decision was doing it because they thought there might have been a foul on the play. 
and oh, and they like pushed they off? thought that there was a push off yeah so th that would be what i would hope for the operator otherwise it was just a a closet celtics fan who wanted to to show everybody the, the Jalen brown crossover after, but that was a hilarious moment after the game uh Jalen calling for that man's job saying that he needs to be fired which is a wild thing to say um we got someone in the comments saying a, a shams nuke in here and i both jay and i checked our phone i think everyone checked the phones there has not been a shams nuke unless you are eight hours late to the adrian griffin news we talked about that in the first 20 minutes um but bold stuff in the comments this is why you can't really trust the uh the internet here but jay how about on the court what do you think about the Celtics? Just pretty solid win despite losing every kind of statistical battle in that game other than the free throw line um, against uh, Doncic, who was a, gave a real pedestrian 33-point triple-double. I thought that was a great effort from the Celtics. Third game in four nights, back-to-back, -back, 11th game in 18 nights, and playing a Mavericks team with plenty of rest. They Celtics missed their first seven threes and just kind of hung around. And just kept playing defense, kept grinding. Uh, seemed like they had some attitudes. Or I don't know if they don't like Luca or wanted the challenge of Luca, or just wanted to show up Grant. But it seemed like a very feisty Celtics effort from Jason Tatum's uh, block of Grant prior to halftime, and just kind of the the menacing glare he gave him afterward to. Jalen just relentlessly going at Doncic and then saying afterwards that it takes it takes being in great shape to to be a two-way player and do it for the whole game and basically a subtle shot at at Doncic's weight. So it seemed for whatever reason it seemed personal it seemed like like there was a lot of motivation from the Celtics in that one and I don't think they always played perfect basketball, but they played really tough basketball. They drew a ton of free throws. They went to the post. They went to the the mid-range and just kind of kept going at Doncic um, until they they really controlled the final three quarters of that game and, and never really let up. Did you catch up with Grant at all? Yes, I did. Chatted with him before the game. He uh, he told us, he told me and Sweetie to uh, – Make sure that we give the Celtics players shit for him. I don't think which, you guys are going to do we that. We did not. We <laughs> we gave them we gave them no shit. <laughs> so sorry, Grant. We did we did not we did not deliver for you. But yeah, it was good to see Grant. Um, seems like he's liking Dallas, liking uh, his his place there, and he just wants to kind of get healthy and and bounce back from what's been sort of an uneven two months for him. Did you talk to friend of the program, Evan Turner? And if you guys have not, you should go subscribe to Still Potable right now to see our glorious interview with uh, the real kid, E.T. Did you talk to Evan Turner? Because uh, he was behind the side. I did not. So the the problem with the seats there, which are front row, is that you're literally like right on top of people and there's no room to get out. You got to make sure you go to the bathroom before you get out there. You got to make sure you're able to hold it the whole time you're out there. There's just nowhere to go. And so I would have loved to say hello to Evan Turner, but I was, I was stuck next to uh, Gary Washburn and Sweechy and there was, there was just nowhere for me to go. I like both those people, but they're not nearly as entertaining as Evan Turner. Um, but they both have been on still this possible. 
Uh, before we get out of here, fellas, I want a prediction, a prediction, a bold prediction from both of you about this Celtics heat game coming up on Thursday night. We'll start with you, Brian B. Rob Rob from MassLive.com. Bold prediction. Uh, Terry Rozier is not able to play because Kyle Lowry hasn't reported to Charlotte yet. <laughs> As oh, wow. he uh, tries to posture for his next spot. It's, uh, I mean, hopefully that's not the case. I like that prediction. But that's, uh, I, as this goes down, um, yeah, I'll just go out of left field here. Lowry, you know, maybe kind of angling for a buyout, angling for, or going somewhere he wants. It'll be interesting to see, honestly, the Celtics won't be able to sign Lowry, period, because of his salary, but that's going to be another interesting chip because he is going to land somewhere um, and probably get to play some with some team, a bunch of teams he's not going to play for that have big payrolls, but um, he'll be another X factor for the, the playoff run on the potential in the buyout market here. Jay, can you top that bold prediction with a bold prediction of your own? Celtics win by seven. Kristaps Porzingis has 32 points Ooh. and they just keep, keep going to him in the post. And just letting him take on smaller guys, whether it's Bam or anybody else. I think that's that's the matchup where Chris Stapps matters the most. That's the matchup that convinced the Celtics to go out and get Chris Stapps or a player like him. They, they needed that solution against Bam Adebayo. They needed that solution against all of Spolster's junk defenses. And, and it's Chris Stapps' time on Thursday. My bold prediction is... Derek White buzzer beater returning to the Miami <laughs> heat arena for the first time <laughs> since game six last year. He's just going to be feeling all the magic and we're going to get Derek White uh, now a member of team USA, former member of team USA, but he's still now a member too. Uh, hit knocking down a buzzer against the Miami heat and the Celtics keep on rolling into their seven game home streak, uh, which should be pretty fun. Thank you guys for watching this version, this free version of Still Potable here on the CLNS YouTube. Again, we are giving you podcast episodes every single day, Monday through Friday. Sometimes on a Saturday, if the Friday night game is good, we're doing so many different game recaps over on the Patreon. There's multiple different levels, so you can join in at the level that you find works for you the best. That's patreon.com slash stillpotable. Sign up today. And you'll join one of the best Celtics communities and get daily Celtics content Monday through Friday for Jay King down there in South Beach for Adam Himmelsbach, who's also down there in South Beach, but refuses to come on camera for Brian B. Rob Rob from MassLive.com. I am Sam Jam Packard, and you guys have been watching this episode of Still Potable!